welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Uh, I mean, it's been so good this morning just to hear your voice throughout the entire worship gathering, for you guys to direct us in a song this morning, for you guys to direct us uh, into just, basically, you guys just, we, we, we crowdsource a prophetic word this morning for our church, a word that builds up, that consoles, that edifies us, that encourages us this morning. And, and you guys did that by just hearing the word, by, by listening to, to the songs that go along with the word, and you spoke those things over our church this morning. You spoke peace over us. You spoke, you spoke uh, the word of God over us. And we're going to go into the word this morning with, with all that in mind, uh, because uh, obviously God is speaking those things to our church this morning. And I love the lyric that we just sang that says, uh, he created the stars and he's still bent down in the dirt for our hearts. That is, uh, that, that there's so much in Christ's humanity that, that displays that for us. And we've been in this series called Discover Jesus, where we have, we've tried to focus on, on his humanity a bit because it's one of those aspects of Jesus that, that we tend to miss. And this passage today, we're really just talking about discover humanity because Jesus shows us a new humanity. He shows us what he actually came to do in our humanity. He didn't just come to, to uh, accept it as it is. He didn't come to just, just uh, dwell in it. He came to change it. And in this passage, he shows us how that change happens and, and what it means for us to move from a sinful humanity into a spiritual humanity, right? And, and uh, this morning, uh, when, when you think about your own humanity, a lot of times in our, in our culture, uh, we, have, we have saying, people say things like this. They say, oh, oh well, I'm not, I'm not perfect, right? Or I'm only human. Or, uh, hey, we're, we're, well, we're all just human, aren't we? And, and being human has become our excuse. Hey, I'm not perfect, I'm just human. That, that's your excuse for failing at something, right? It's, it's, uh, it's just become detrimental to us. It's become derogatory. Uh, it's become our excuse. But what if your humanity is actually your eternity? What if there's something more to be learned about your humanity that, that we're missing? And that's what Jesus is going to show us this morning. Because the good news is that you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus today. You don't have to wait until somewhere out there in the ethereal future. You can start your new humanity, your spiritual humanity, your new creation today. And so Jesus shows us this. And the one point I'm going to take throughout an entire sermon, the bottom line this morning, is that the body of Christ gives you abundant life. The body of Christ gives you abundant life. All right, so let's, let's go through this. Beginning in verse 36, Jesus says, or sorry, Luke says, as they were talking about these things, so he's talking about the disciples. So what happened right before this was cross, 
Jesus is raised from the dead, and he starts appearing to different people. There's, a, there's two uh, followers of Jesus who are walking on this road to Emmaus, and Jesus appears with them, and he starts talking to them. And so these disciples, when they recognized it was Jesus, they ran uh, to the other disciples, the 12, or now the 11, they ran to them, and they told them these things. Now, they had already all heard from Mary that Jesus was alive. Right, so they've heard multiple accounts from Mary, now from these disciples, uh, that Jesus is alive. Okay? So that's the, that's the stage right now. So now they're talking about these things in verse 36. And then look what happens. Jesus himself stood among them. Guys, there's, there's a couple things we're going to point out in this passage this morning that highlight Jesus showing us that he is indeed human. That he is that he has initiated a new humanity, right? That, that he's human. One is he actually stood in their midst. He stood in front of them. He didn't float. He, didn't, he wasn't flying. He wasn't hovering above the ground. Uh, he stood there, his whole body working, right? So he's standing there among them, and he says this. He says, peace to you, peace to you, wholeness to you, integrity to you, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened. Why? Because they thought they saw a spirit. They, saw they, they thought they saw a ghost. They thought they saw uh, a disembodied spirit, right? But Jesus is in a full body. He's, he's standing there right in front of them. And so he says to them, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt, why did doubts arise in your hearts? Because first of all, peace here, Christ's humanity is filled with his, his new humanity, right? His spiritual humanity is filled with so much peace, so much wholeness, so much integrity that he's able to give it to them without losing any of it. He's, he's giving it to us. He's giving you his peace this morning. He wants you to accept his peace. He's saying, peace be with you. Receive my peace. Guys, we're going to lockdown tomorrow. Don't freak out. Please don't freak out. Uh, but at this time, a lot of people are going to uh, not experience peace. A lot of people are, are going to, uh, I mean, it's maybe 20-something days, right? 21 days or so, uh, a little bit over that, um, and, at least. And a lot of people are going to experience some darkness, uh, isolation, loneliness, all those things. And, and those are uh, antithetical to peace and what God wants us to do in our lives. And guys, our city does not have the peace of Christ. We actually have to give them the peace of Christ. And if we aren't receiving the peace of Christ, how can we give the peace of Christ? And so Jesus this morning is giving us his peace. Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let it reign your heart. Let it be the umpire for your heart. Let it tell your heart which way to go and what to do. Let it tell your heart what, what, what is uh, in and what is out. Let the peace of Christ guide your heart and your mind. Sit your eyes on Christ Jesus. Uh, realize that you have the mind of Christ like these are all passages in the in the scriptures that that Jesus is uh, where Jesus is trying to give us his peace, as Missy said earlier, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because here Jesus says, well, "Well, why are you troubled? Why why do you have doubts? Why do you have hesitations?" And guys, that's 
That's our humanity, right? So we see a picture here of, of Christ's humanity, the spiritual humanity that he's leading us into, but our humanity right now is causing doubts, is causing hesitations, is causing us to be fearful, to not yet believe. So I have a question for you this morning. Put this in the feed. Uh, let us know, let us know um, your answer to this question. Uh, what doubts have you had about Jesus? What doubts have you had about Jesus? Or what doubts are you currently having about Jesus? Because you might be in a place right now where, where you're, you're struggling through faith and, and you have some doubts about Jesus. So just put that in the feed there. Any, any comment is welcome in there. Focus on Jesus here. Uh, what, what doubts have you had in the past regarding Jesus? Or what doubts do, are you currently working through and experiencing um, as you're trying to figure out who this Jesus is? You're trying to, to, to believe, to follow. What doubts, what doubts do you have? Um, and I remember years ago, for me, I, I, I don't know if I could say I doubted, but it was a struggle. I was, I was definitely hesitant uh, to fully, yeah, I, I'm not sure how I'd phrase it, but let's just, let's just call it a doubt, um, on the efficacy and the power of prayer. And does prayer actually change things? I remember wondering that. Does it, does it actually do anything? What, what, what is the purpose of it? What, what, what does it do for us? And, and instead of allowing my, my doubts and my uncertainties to, to push me away and to withdraw, I actually pressed into and I said, God, if this does something, I want you to show me. And, uh, and guys, I was in seminary at this time. So I did research papers on it. It became my research paper topic. I studied, I read tons of stuff on it. I actually prayed to see if it actually did anything. And so I tested it. I went, I went in. I didn't, I didn't withdraw and say, oh, I, I doubt that's going to happen, so I'm not going to do anything. I actually did tons of stuff to... to, um, to uh, uh, reason with God, as, as he says in Isaiah, come, let's reason together, right? So um, that's, that's one example for me, and now I don't ever doubt that prayer, has, uh, that prayer is effective. And, and so let's, let's, uh, let's go to Missy and see what you guys are, are talking about here. So something that you've doubted about Jesus, about God, and maybe something you're dealing with right now. All right. So um, we've heard from Chandler. Chandler says this. He said, I always kind of questioned how Jesus lived a perfect life. Such a wild concept to me of never, ever sinning. This was when he was growing up, he said. Um, yeah, that's a... I can understand how growing yeah. up you would think that's like so hard to understand or comprehend, I guess, rather, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, knowing Chandler, I know why he struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <It's> messed up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, even as a child, right? Uh, I, I wondered that too. I was like, is is G was Jesus the child that that we didn't like because he was always the good one? Like he never got in trouble, right? Especially if you're his brother or your, or his sister, right? And you see that struggle with with Jesus's brothers, uh, like they don't come to faith until later. Right, and so you see that struggle with his with his own family. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Adam says this. He says his personal transformation by the Spirit was really sudden and powerful. Um, but that's when he pursues his friends and neighbors, sometimes the process seems to take like so long. And he says, on his best days, I know God is working when I can't see. But on my worst days, I just want to see the trans- transformation happen faster and ask God why he isn't moving. Um, so sometimes he doubts whether God is moving in his friends and, and neighbors and family life. But yeah, I've, I can resonate with that one, um, Adam, as well. Just like how, you know, you don't know, you can't necessarily see God moving. So when you, when you don't feel it or see it, you're, you doubt, right? Um, yeah. yeah, that that doubt, that doubt, uh, Missy, that doubt, Adam, is, is uh, I think, is common to a lot of us uh, because it's a doubt based on our own perception, on our own physical perception, but our own spiritual perception, which is, which is finite and limited. And, and so something I pray regularly is, God, let me see as you see. Give me your eyes. Mm. Let me see the situation as you see it. Let me see the other person and see their heart as you see it. Uh, because basically in every situation, I, I recognize that I have a very myopic uh, perspective on the situation. And, and that's where trust comes in, right? That's yeah. where trust comes in for us. That's where faith comes in into uh, knowing that, well, God is who he says he is. He's, he's providential. And as long as we're faithful and doing what he's called us to do, um, we just leave the rest up to him, right? Mm, yeah. Um, Kelly says this. She says, I, for a long time, I doubted the goodness of Jesus, mm. knowing he's almighty and powerful. But was it for the benefit of me or just his glory? Um, I thought they weren't the same. The goodness of God confused me. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear more of that, Kelly, uh, because I think uh, I think that's something I didn't fully grasp or understand either. Because I I had this idea of God that He was almost just waiting until I tripped up to tell me I told you so, right? To to say, oh, I, yep, there it is, yep. Um, or to wait to punish me, right? That God was mm. was was trying to that God was going to punish me if I messed up, yeah. and that's that's I, I would say I dealt with the same thing. Like I doubted his his goodness. That uh, things that happen, that things that happen are actually for the good of those who love God, right? And that doesn't mean it's for my good personally necessarily, but it means it's for the good, it's for, for his good. And so when I started trusting in God's goodness, not my goodness, that was the shift for me, Kelly. It was, it was like, oh, well, I've been worried about my own goodness. I've neglected what, is, what actually is God's goodness. Um, and so it, it allowed me to receive anything from God that he wanted mm-hmm. to give me. Discipline, as Hebrews 13 says, that's, he loves those, he disciplines those he loves. Um, any sort of suffering, any sort of anything to say, God, I want you to shape me into who you want me to be. So, yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing that. That's good. Um, Tarun and Jeff hit similar notes here. It's interesting. So Tarun said, I doubt that God is pursuing every soul on earth, especially people who seem so lost in their culture. And then Jeff says, uh, growing up in the church, it was hard for me to see if Jesus actually makes a difference. My secular friends had a pretty good life. My Christian friends had a pretty good life. Um, so just kind of maybe yeah. like the cultural aspect of it, right? And, yeah. and how God is getting moving in there. Yeah. Yeah. To, to you, Tarun, um, we won't go into all this. It, it gets 
it gets uh, pretty theological pretty yeah. quick. But um, but God, there's a prevenient grace where God is, has laid that out for everybody to see, right? This is this is Romans one, and uh, and some other passages. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally understand that because uh, I mean I have family overseas. It's like, oh, has, has God, is, is God pursuing them in the same way that he pursued my family? Mm. Uh, because they're not hearing Jesus or they don't have the same opportunities, th- things like that. So um, it also gets philosophical really quickly. Uh, to Jeff's point, that is a common doubt among those who have grown up in a Christian culture and a Christian yeah. um, environment. Cool because you look at the world, I mean, just read the Psalms, right? Even David does. He's like, why do the wicked prosper? Like, why are they, why are they, they look better off than me, God. I'm here, and, and guys, <laughs> this is the king, right? Don't, don't miss that. Like, he's, at, sometimes he's the future king, sometimes he's the present king when he's saying this, right? But he has everything he needs, or so you think, it looks like anything he needs in the world, and he still says why the wicked prosper. So we, we, we could, even in our state, we, we could have that same mentality where we're like, oh, d- Jesus, do you, like, what, what difference is there whether I believe this or not? And here's the hard part, because one of the big differences is um, we're going to suffer like Jesus suffers. That's actually one of the big differences. So when we say, does it make a difference? Are we like, well, I don't have the things of the world that they have, or we're looking on the outside of social media and say, well, I don't have that, that good life that they have, um, that's superficial. We don't know what's going on in the heart, right? Or, or um, uh, because what Jesus says we are going to have is, one, it's the abundant life. But two, it's going to be a life that isn't easy because the world is, is against it. So, yeah, guys, all, thank you for sharing that. All those things I think I've actually dealt with at some point uh, in my journey of faith with Jesus. The good news is being present with Jesus takes those away, right? Like you cannot replace presence uh, with, with Jesus. You just can't replace that. He takes away all of those doubts, all of those hindrances. So whenever you are doubting, whenever you have hindrances to your faith, whenever you're, you're one of these things, Press into the presence of Jesus because that's what happens in this passage. So let's go back to, to verse 39 here. It says this. It says, Jesus asked them, asked them this question. He doesn't really wait for the response, or we don't know the response, right? When he says, why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your hearts? He says, see my hands and my feet. See my hands and my feet. That it is I myself, touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He, tell, he invites them into his spiritual humanity. He says, touch me, see me. He says, these are my hands, these are my feet. His solution to our doubts is his spiritual humanity. It's inviting us to touch him, to feel him. And, and guys, most of us haven't actually done that with a physical, spiritual humanity, Jesus, Right? So what does that mean for us? Well, it's the body of Christ. The body of Christ is what gives us abundant life. That's us. We are his physical body now. We are his hands, we are his feet. Guys, this food bank that we're in today, we are his hands and his feet to St. Jamestown. Our global engagement in the Holy Holy Land, we are his hands and his feet there. You are his hands and his feet in your neighborhood. 
We are his hands, we are his body. Each of us is a member of his spiritual humanity, of the body of Christ. So when, we, when people doubt and when they're troubled in spirit, we say, hey, come and, come and touch us, we're here. See his hands and his feet, experience the body of Christ, experience his flesh and bones. Guys, in our church, the flesh and bones is R3. Guys, if you want to experience community and Christ and commitment and who Jesus really is, you have to experience discipleship. If you don't, and guys, just to be clear, this right here is not discipleship. This right here is a tiny piece of me giving you something to spur you on into discipleship. For so long in the church, Sunday morning has been discipleship. Oh, why go to Sunday morning and I listen to a sermon, so I'm discipled? No. Discipleship is not cognitive. It's transformative. It's life on life. And for most of us, it just stays here. Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, look at me and try to believe. He says, no, come and touch me. Come and feel me. Grab my hands. Grab my feet. See who I am. I'm standing right before you guys. That's your invitation into the body of Christ, which that's who we are as the bride of Christ, as the church of Christ. As a family of Christ, we embody the spirit of Christ as a dwelling place for Christ, as a temple of Christ. Guys, we are that body. And R3 is the only place in our church where you're going to experience that, where it'll battle against isolation, where it'll battle against your, your lack of peace, where it'll battle against your darkness, where it'll battle against your depression, where it'll battle against uh, any... Uh, uh, anxiousness you're feeling. We'll battle against all these things. It's, it's in a true discipleship relationship where we are living life on life together, the one another's together. You cannot just be discipled like this. Right? So Jesus invites them in, and it says in verse 41, it says, and while they still dis- disbelieve for joy, so like, guys, they were so happy, they're so filled with joy, they couldn't believe it. They're like, this is too good to be true. Have you ever felt like that with Jesus? This is too good to be true. Guys, I feel like that every day I wake up and I remember who I am in Christ. I'm like, this is too good to be true. I, I can't, this can't be, like, I'm not even going to think about it not being true. Because just in case it goes away, because this is too good. Like, Jesus, you are alive and you are dwelling in me, and I get to live my life for you today, no matter what happens. And guys, I have crappy days. I have bad days, too. I had three of those this week. Uh, but I was reminded of who I am in Christ. And I said, you know what? I get to live this day for Jesus. And I, and I have a new perspective. I get to touch and feel who Jesus is. And so they're marveling. Uh, he says to them, uh, <laughs> He says to them, have you anything to eat here? Like, that's his response. I'm hungry. Seth is in the image of God. <laughs> this, is, this is probably Seth's favorite verse. Have you anything to eat here? Um, guys, this is, this is Jesus showing them his humanity again. First, he stands in front of them. Second, he says, hey, give me some food. Right, give me a piece. So he gave him some broiled fish. He takes it and he eats it before them. If, if he was a disembodied spirit, they'd see through him, right? Or they, I don't know what, what they'd see. would just fall to the ground. Who knows? Um, uh, but they see him take it and eat it. And that's a part of him saying, hey, this is a new humanity. 
right? Because they do know there's something different about him. They do know he died. They do know he was in the grave for three days. They do see him differently, right? They see him, uh, like, he is doing things that are different, right? He just appeared in their room, right? So that's different. Either he walked through the wall or he teleported in, right? The doors were locked. Or he now knows how to pick locks, right? I mean, he, he just, in another gospel, it's just he says it, he appeared there with them. So they feed him something, and now he's about to feed them. And so answer this question in the feed. What's the last thing you read in the Bible that shaped your perspective on Jesus? What's the last thing you read in the Bible that shaped your perspective on Jesus? For me, it's something, uh, something I learned this week. Uh, if you've been following along in God's story, um, uh, if you're, yeah, I guess if you're one of our leaders, you have access to those videos. If you've been following along in God's story. We went through the Gospel of John this week, and oh, it just rocked my world on who Jesus is. It was so good, guys. Um, Jesus being the new Adam, establishing something new for us. Uh, to walk in. I, I understood being a new creation far more deeply than I ever have by, by studying and reading through the Gospel of John and, and going through that. And, um, and for our leaders, I'm glad we get to share that, share that with you. If you are following on with God's story, don't jump to John, though, because if you do jump to John uh, and you don't have the rest of it, then you won't fully understand what's even going on in John. So, um, yeah, let's go, to, let's go to the feed and see what you guys have learned about Jesus. What's something, the last thing you read in the Bible that shaped your perspective on Jesus? Okay, so we, um, we need a little more time. People are still um, going to, you know, putting that in there. Um, but I've got one, and Mike, you stole my thunder a little bit by going to Greg to John, because that was amazing and learned so much uh, from that book. But actually, something specific in that book and, uh, that, that I got out was, um, it, you know, was, so there, were, there was like unbelief of the people, mm. and, there were, and the people started to believe, but they were afraid to actually proclaim it in the temple because of the Pharisees, right? And, this, and it has this line, this is coming out of uh, John 12, 43. It says, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than yeah. the glory that comes from God. And that, like that, that got me, guys. That was, I was like, whoa, like, do I operate in that um, because I need to be looking for God's glory. Is that mm. how I'm operating? Um, but wow. I need to be, but I need to be always focused on the glory of God and not my own glory in different yeah. situations. So yeah, that was huge for me guys. Um, yeah, the book of John was so good. Yeah. Don't skip to it. You've got to hear the rest of the context <laughs> if you want to go to God's story. Um, but let's see what we've got here. Let me see. Um, Seth says, uh, the John, uh, we're really getting people excited for John. He says, the John numerology of eight and the implications of Jesus starting a new thing. Um, so yes, um, you won't understand that till you see the God story, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's a little teaser. Yeah, there we go. Seth we got some little teaser teasers. Yeah. It's, it's good, guys. It's, it's, it's truly mind-blowing. Um, okay, we got Kiki says, the book of James. She says, I could feel the hope and encouragement Jesus gives us. That's I good. love that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, then Ryan says the authority that we have through Jesus. Come on. Yeah, um, that's, that's good. good. Did he reference anything in particular? Nope. Nope. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I think if, if, um, 
if we can, sort of Kiki's point, Kiki, if we can realize more of the hope we have in Jesus, we can give more of that, right? And our, our city needs that. People are, are hopeless around us. And, and the more we learn about who Jesus is and that, the more we can give that. And then to, to Ryan's point, uh, that, that goes with walking in authority, right? That we disperse these things, that we walk as a child of light Everywhere we go, like Sarah's story said, uh, when, we, when we kicked it off, Sarah Resendez, yeah. like she brought light into the darkness by just being present, right? And that's the authority you have in Christ Jesus. Love, love that your, your perspective is being shaped there. What, what else we got? Yeah, so it says, uh, Cindy said, reading through Kings, I've seen the importance of how much we need the Messiah. Oh, oh. Cindy went OT on us. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Tarun did too in Leviticus. He says it was a long time ago, maybe not super recently. But he says, remember all the the rules against people with blood discharges. There's a lot there, Tarun. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, also explored in God's story, so you would you want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot there in Levit- on Leviticus. Yeah. I mean that. I mean Jesus is basically outside of the camp, his entire ministry. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like he chose to be outside the camp, uh, and because he touched people, because he yeah. touched lepers, because he touched a woman who had a discharge of blood. That's right. right. Or uh, more accurately, she touched him. She touched right? his cloak, right? Um, and uh, and so uh, there's a lot in there in Leviticus in Leviticus that points to Jesus. And and we sang "Righteous King" this morning, Cindy, right? And and so all those kings show us that we're all inadequate to lead our lives, right? And and Jesus is is the true King. And so, guys, I love I love. Let's go let's go back to the scriptures here. Thanks, Missy. Mm-hmm. I love all of your um, what 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 you're reading from the scriptures. That's shaping your perspective on who Jesus is. Guys, the reality is every time you read the scriptures, it should shape your perspective on who Jesus is. Every time, every time you read those. And that's Jesus' solution here. His solution is to go straight to the scriptures. And you know what? He goes straight to the Old Testament. He goes to Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, which is the writings, right? It's, it's, it's the entire Old Testament. And of course, I mean, he didn't have the New Testament there yet. We have that, so I'm not saying don't do that. But I am saying there's two-thirds of your Bible that, that Jesus goes to that points to who he says he is. And he goes straight to that in verse 40, 44. He says, these are my words I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything, everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds. He illuminated their minds to understand the scriptures. As they feed him, and then a physical food, he feeds them spiritual food. He opens their minds, and Jesus feeds us with his word. So guys, when we talk about the body of Christ, we're talking about uh, Jesus. He says, come and eat of my flesh, right? He says things like, come and eat of me. He also says, he says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. John says, this is that Jesus is the word of God made flesh, right? So this is your sustenance, as Missy said earlier. This is what sustains you. This is your food. This in a body of Christ. Like we have these, we have these together. The community, guys, is a community of interpretation, a community of hermeneutic, a community where we where we dive into the word together, where we feed on it together, where we feast on it together, and then we go here and live it out. And 
and Jesus feeds them with his word. And in particular, like I said, he feeds them with the Hebrew scriptures. This is, and so check this out. This is 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 18. This is Paul talking about us now. We were ministers of an old covenant or think Old Testament. Now we are ministering a new covenant, a new testament, right? And he says here, since we have such a hope, Kiki, right? We are very bold. That, that hope gives us boldness and makes us strong and courageous. Not like Moses. That, that's an interesting phrase. Not like Moses. Why? Because he put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Moses, remember, he saw God's glory, so his face, it says in Exodus, that shone like the sun. So he put a veil over his face to cover that. Guys, how many of you are putting a veil over your face today to cover the light of Christ that you're supposed to show the world? Remember what I said about Sarah's son? You, you are light walking into darkness. Do not cover that light. Do not cover your face. Let, uh, let us all be like Jonathan when he was on a Zoom call, guys. When he's on a Zoom call, a Zoom call, not in person. He was on a Zoom call and the other person noticed that he had changed. The other person saw his light, the light of Christ in him. So don't veil it, because that's the outcome of us being present with Jesus, of us being in the body of Christ. Verse 14, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it removed, is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is a spirit. This is a verse we quote all the time, but you probably, uh, uh, or a lot of us are probably unfamiliar with the context. This is in the context of knowing the scriptures, right, of, that, of Jesus giving us understanding, that veil is a move. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Allie was leading us this morning into, into freedom. She wanted us to experience freedom in Christ this morning. Guys, that freedom in Christ comes when you know this. It comes through this. It comes through the community, through the body of Christ. Abundant life cannot happen without that. If you are lacking peace this morning, Press into the body of Christ, the church community, your R3. If you're lacking peace this morning, feast off of this. What are you eating this morning? What is your sustenance? Right? Is it the news that we're going into lockdown? Is it social media? Is it, is it um, you know, lies from the enemy? Is it how, how someone is tearing you down? What is your sustenance? These things, set your mind on, on things that are good, that are noble, that are praiseworthy, that are of excellence. And, and when you do that, there's freedom. Because the Spirit is here. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. So we're like, we're like little Moseses, new Moseses here. We are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. You're leaving your sinful humanity and you're moving forward into your spiritual humanity from one degree of glory to the other. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And Jesus says, because of this, you, in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. Tarun noted that earlier in the feed. You are witnesses of these things. How powerful is that, Tarun, right? 
you're a witness in St. Jamestown. Guys, you are witnesses where you're at. You are witnesses of these things. You don't get a choice. You are a witness. You don't get a choice whether to, to share about mustard seeds or not. That's you hearing and obeying, Chelsea, right? That is you walking forward. If you choose to follow Jesus, that's you following Jesus, right? Sarah, you didn't really have a choice to go to your friend. Like, you did because you're a follower of Jesus. You already made that choice as following Jesus, so that's why you did that. Jonathan, you reached out to your friend because you're a follower of Jesus. You're witnesses to these things, guys. And behold, Jesus says, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Because you're clothed with power from on high. This is as human as you get. This is your humanity. You're witnesses to these things. You're clothed with power from on high. You're in the body of Christ. You're feasting on the body. You're feasting on the word. That's as human as you get. That is your spiritual humanity. Are you being witnesses? Are you feasting on the word? Do you know Moses and the prophets and the Psalms? Are you living a life of repentance? Are you living a life uh, from the trappings of the world, from other hindrances? Are you proclaiming the name of Jesus? That is the abundant life. That is what the body of Christ is here to empower you to do. You are light going into darkness. And if you've discovered Jesus, you've discovered humanity. You've discovered what you're truly made to be. You've discovered who you are truly supposed to be. That is your destiny in Christ Jesus. And out of that is, is how you influence your spiritual humanity, guys. It has begun. Today, you're new creations in Christ Jesus. So then let us put on the Lord Jesus, as Paul says in, in Romans chapter uh, 13. He says, put on the Lord Jesus, cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, make no provision for the flesh, walk forward as a new creation. And, and that's because you represent a new humanity to this lost and dying world. And so be a light in the darkness. And if you are struggling this morning, we invite you into the presence of God to touch and feel who he is through our church, through our community, through our threes. We want you to know who Jesus is. As God says, come, let's reason together. So those doubts you have, let's reason together. Let's do this together. That's the power of the body of Christ. The body of Christ gives us abundant life. Let's pray. Jesus, Thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, we can eat of it, that it sustains us, that you're here with us, that you're present, that we have your spirit, that you are, uh, that you, the, the full Godhead dwells in you, that the fullness of your spirit dwells in us, that you are just here whenever we need you. So may we not neglect you. We receive your peace this morning so that we can give your peace to this world, to our brothers and sisters, to St. Jamestown, to our city. In your name, for your glory, we pray these things. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.